Hello, everyone. Thanks, Ricky. Okay, this is a, at this point, if you're a mother, you're like, this is obvious. If you're not a mother, do not switch off. There is something in this for all, every single person in this room and listening online, I hope. However, in the first couple of minutes, I'm going to introduce a little bit of fun. And if you've got children in your life who are age six and under, you're going to automatically know who I'm talking about. And if you're not, you're about to discover the cultural phenomenon that is Bluey the dog. So, Bluey is a cultural phenomenon. Every so often, every few years, a blue dog comes along that every child absolutely loves and laps up. And every child, every parent or grown-up of said child can breathe a sigh of relief and drink their drink hot. So, I thought I'd just introduce today's theme and segue into what I want to talk about via the Instagram feed that is Bluey's Mums. Such is the popularity of Bluey. So I've got a few memes just to bring some lightheartedness into today's message. We can all have a little chuckle and then, like I say, I'm going to introduce what we're going to be talking about today. So the first one. Once upon a time, there was a woman who slept through the night. Then she got pregnant. The end. One of the most valuable things I've learned as a parent is to always bring snacks. I would like to replace parent with wife. <laughs> because ever since I had Ben as a significant other, my role has been snack provider. If I give Abigail a snack, a six-foot-tall man comes behind, who I know, before this sounds weird, going, is there anything for me? <laughs> Have a daughter so you can argue with a tiny version of yourself every single morning. I mean, the sass in my four-year-old is something to be admired, and I'm sure will stand her in excellent stead when she is older. However, in the mornings, I just want you to brush your teeth. Let's not have a fight about it. However, after getting her blanket, pillow, drink, snack, and TV show on, I'm pretty sure my toddler looked me and mouthed the words, I own you. <laughs> that happened this morning. Due to inflation and food price increases, the five-second rule has been extended to 10. I'd like to just rephrase this. It's now organic. People pay good money for organic food. Like, it's got, like, some organic matter on it. It's organic. Boost your immunity. Anything you can do, mums can do with one hand and no sleep. Because I know that we are addressing everyone in the room, and we will do in a moment. But let's be honest, mums are nails. We can do pretty much anything. And finally, it's not difficult to take care of a child. It is difficult to do anything else while taking care of a child. And this is at this point, I will segue into what I'm going to be speaking about today because I get the humor. I absolutely do. It is impossible to do anything when there's someone going, Mummy, 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 Mummy. It was happening this morning. Mummy, Mummy, Mummy. I'm like, it's Jesus' time. Mummy, Mummy. It's beautiful. However, let me reframe that and bring everyone into the conversation. It is difficult to do anything. The things I think about, the words I say, the things I do, the decisions I make without thinking about a child. Because everything that I do, say, think, decide, will have a direct or indirect impact on the children that are in my world. 
And hopefully every single one of us in this room, whether you're a mother, a father, a grandparent, a, a carer, a teacher, an aunt, an uncle, a grown-up, or young people, you have little people following you around like shadows. So this is for you too. Every single one of us will be making an impact and shaping the world of the next generation. And so here is today's message title, Living With and For the Next Generation. We all have to be so consciously aware that everything we do contributes towards and shapes the world of tomorrow that our children are going to be living, breathing and leading in. Proverbs 22.6, if you have grown up in church, this scripture will be familiar to you, says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And it's scary how much kids watch, right? And it's scary how much they remember. They forget nothing. And if, you're a, if you call yourself a Christian, and you're here and you're listening today, we're watching as our world questions wrestles, perhaps even compromises, values and beliefs that we hold true. Grey areas are getting greyer. The blurred lines are getting more and more blurry. And our children are growing up trying to understand how on earth they can navigate faith in such a confusing world. And this is where we come in. This is where we go first. This is where maybe we have to learn some lessons first as well and create those safe spaces for our children to question and learn and grow. Bianca Olthoff, who is a pastor in America, she has, she, she's quoted as saying this, you cannot be what you don't see. So this is, this, is our, this is our call. This is our response to anything that you take away from today can be summed up in this quote. We need to be so that our children can see, and on and on and on it goes. Um, I know that, I, so in terms of being an actual mother, I have nearly five years experience. So I know there's a whole lot of mothers and a whole lot more wisdom and experience in the room, I get that. But I'm talking today to people who get to shape a world and create safe spaces and safety nets for people younger than themselves to grow up and to question and grow, learn and understand. And Ben and I had the privilege of being young adult pastors here for about 10 years. I was thinking about it. And that's why we are no longer young adult pastors. But we, that, was our, that was our vision and our purpose. We believed that our role was to create a safe space for young adults to grow up and become flourishing adults maturing their own faith stepping out on their own perhaps outside of their parents shadow and working out how to navigate life with God that was what we did and that again I want to encourage you if you haven't got direct parental responsibility for a child that's your call that's your purpose just have that awareness because and I just want to encourage you as well then as again as Christians any self-development any healing, any growth, any discipleship, like the EHS course, it's actually not about us. <laughs> because as much as it is about us, it's about us learning, growing, going first, so that our children realize that it's okay to be vulnerable, and it's okay to grow, and it's okay to learn, and it's okay to question, and goodness me, it's okay to get it wrong several times over. That's the safe space. 
So, and I think we, we talk about this and we use this language and this narrative a lot when we're talking about speaking to our friends and our family who aren't yet Christians. It's the same with our kids. And they might not yet have their own salvation yet either, but the principles of modeling and going first and sharing, our, sharing what we understand, is, it's the same. It's the same. So, now what? How can we, what is, what's the takeaway? What does this practically look and feel like? And today, this is not, not rocket science. This is not anything perhaps new, but perhaps I'm packaging it and sharing it in a way that you perhaps might not have heard before. And I hope it really encourages you, again, wherever you're at in the room in terms of your relationship with children. But I want to take us through a chapter in the Old Testament, which has some really great standout um, moments and sentences and verses that I think can really practically help us pull out what we can do and how we can be aware and put that into practice when it comes to creating those safe spaces and making really good, wise decisions with the awareness that children are watching. Is that okay? Okay, so we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6, which might sound a bit random. You're like, I haven't heard this preached on Mother's Day. That's okay. There's a, time, there's a first time for everything. But I like that in the NLT, it is, the chapter is called A Call to Wholehearted Commitment. And I'm like, okay, if I can put that into a child, then that is a pretty awesome attainment. And I think any single one of us can agree. So I've broken the chapter down into five chunks, I think. We're not going to read it all, but there are bits throughout and hopefully I'm going to pull out things that feel relevant and hopefully one or two of them you can take away and go that I'm going to do that I'm going to work on so the first chunk starting at at verse one of Deuteronomy chapter six it says these are the commands decrees and regulations the Lord your God commanded me to teach you You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy, and you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Okay. So this is talking automatically about children and grandchildren. So there is a direct consequence to what I do and say now. So again, there's the reminder. But the walk of a parent or a carer is a vulnerable tightrope because as much as we are learning, growing, discipling ourselves and making changes and going through tough times, there's a child very often right there going through perhaps their own big feelings and they're and they are watching and, le- and seeing how we learn. And it can be a very exposing and vulnerable time when you go through a difficulty with children in your life um, because they're watching. And sometimes we feel like we have to put a mask on, right? And we have to say, and we mums, we say this all the time. I'm fine. It doesn't have to be fine. And actually, I think kids are all right to know that it's not fine. I think it's okay. So my first takeaway today is make mistakes but learn from them. Now, I'm not, by the way, that's, that doesn't mean just go and make mistakes. Like, reflect on it and go, that was a mistake. Go, don't go out seeking accidents. Okay? <laughs> so, I just wanted to caveat that because I was reading my notes back and went, no, that doesn't sound right. 
So, but the, in essence, we are not perfect, nor are we called to be, nor are we meant to be. We will make mistakes, especially when trying to raise children. We will be, we might say a sharp word. We might be inconsistent in our approach. Anything for a quiet night, I just want you to sleep. Yeah? We might be, we might give up. We might give in. I just want chocolate for breakfast. No, 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 no. But then like they get, it gets to like 8.15 and you're about to leave the door and they've had nothing for breakfast. And you're like, oh. yeah, no, just me? Okay, that's great. Okay, Ben, you with me? Sure, you're about to hang me out to dry. God bless you. <laughs> but what I hold to is this. In the making mistakes, because raising children, in brackets, the next generation in all its forms, is part of God's design. So that means that there is wisdom and there is a grace for every single day and every single moment. You are graced for what you are going to go through. And God knows what you are going to go through. And he knows that kids are going to be on the front row of that audience. And there is a grace for it. And there is also, and I remember this and I hold to this every single day, there is a grace for your child in that situation as well. Because God knew and God loves them and looks after them as much as he loves and looks after you. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. So with that in mind, my next point is be vulnerable. Show your emotions, especially when it's hard. Especially when it's hard. Don't mask over it. I think we, we sort of... I think we think we have to protect our children from when we're feeling upset or when we're having a bad day. And yes, there's wisdom to it. And there's wisdom to all of this. Proverbs 8 says that as long as sure, if you love wisdom and you seek after it, you will absolutely find it. There's a lot of Proverbs in here because I'm reading it at the moment. So you might find it quoted all over the place. But it says that if you, sure, if you love wisdom, you will surely find it. So get wisdom. Absolutely. But I think there is great strength in being vulnerable in front of children. When you've had a hard day, don't just say, I'm fine. Don't like pretend that it's okay because also you're telling your kids and you're putting up a, an expectation that I have to be perfect and I have to hold it all together. And that's not okay because we all know that we need to have moments when we're like, I just need to shut the door and be quiet. We need to let our kids know that it's okay to have bad days or have those big feelings and feel upset but know that they've got a safe space to run to at the same time. So learn to articulate it in a way that's appropriate. For Abigail, she's four, nearly five, so she doesn't know all of the different emotions or she can't articulate them, so we just talk about big feelings. Have you got big feelings at the moment? Yes. Are they leaking out? Yes. And I do the same sometimes of an evening. I've got big feelings. They're leaking out. I'm really sorry. So be vulnerable. Apologize if and, and when your feelings leak out in an unhelpful way. And then show them and model how you cope with your hard times. What is your go-to when life is hard? Is it, I'm going to go and be quiet, I'm going to put some music on, I'm going to do something that makes me feel good, I'm going to remind myself of who God says I am regardless, I'm going to pray, should we pray together? All the practical stuff that you would do, do it in front of your child. And I'll get to that in a moment. So be vulnerable. 
The second chunk of Deuteronomy is verses 4 to 9. And it says this. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So the thing I take away from this is that verse where it says, talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Make your, your faith in God, make faith, make Jesus part of your everyday language in your home. And let your children un, work through their understanding of that too. It's all about connection. This is my next point. Perfection is never the goal. Connection is. Talk with children about God at all times. And make talking with and about God as normal, I say that respectfully, as talking with each other. We, so we, um, we get to walk to school every morning, come rain, sun, snow, driving rain. Um, we had to literally sponge our child down the other day because the, the heavens just opened at the absolute wrong time. But there's a, bit of, there's a stretch of the road where it goes a little bit quieter. There's not as much people walking along. So we pray while, out loud whilst walking along the street. And I say to Abigail, do you want to pray? She's like, no. I'm like, that's okay. I'm going to pray. You can listen. And sometimes she will listen. Sometimes she will carry on talking. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But if I'm going to, and again, I'm going to steal my, some of my subsequent points. But if I consistently do it, it becomes part of who we are as a family. We pray in all situations and all circumstances. And one day she will get it. Um, it's quite funny watch, help, watching my child sort of understand faith. Because obviously she's four, nearly five. And shout out to kids' church because I don't know how they do it. Um, my child now thinks that Jesus lives in everyone's tummy because at Christmas, obviously, Mary was pregnant with baby Jesus, and now she thinks everyone lives in Jesus lives in everyone's tummy. And I'm like, where did I go wrong? She's not even five. And then I would go, well, no, Jesus was, he only lived in one person's tummy, and that was his mother. Um, but he wants to live in everyone's heart and ha because he loves them so much. And she goes, stop. How can he get in my heart? And who is this random man that I cannot see? And why does he want my heart? And I'm like, okay, this is awkward. I'm like, God, I need help. Like, and like, I'm, I'm like, I love that you're checking about this random man that you can't see. This is good. However, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. And that's why I absolutely hold and trust you that one day Jesus will just make sense to Abigail and she'll go, I get it. And I'll have that for myself. Thank you very much. But until then, we will just work these things out and, and, find, I'm sure, and, and laugh about it. And then other people will come alongside me, I hope, and go, we had a very similar situation. I go, thank God it's not just me. But it's about connection. Thank God it's not about perfection because I'm falling way short. <laughs> but my next point follows on. Let them watch. Let them in on your personal relationship with God. Pray out loud. Worship in your home. Read your Bible aloud. Explain perhaps when you're having quiet time, why you need it, why it's important. But sometimes you might want to invite them to sit with you. 
and read your Bible together or read your Bible out loud and let them listen. Just make it part of everything and explain why. Always give a child a why. Don't just give them an instruction because I said so. Give them a why. Let them buy into it with themselves. Even down to, should we pick out some food for the food bank? We don't just, we're not going to just stop at it because it's a nice thing to do. We're going to do it because God tells us to look after those who cannot look after themselves. When we buy Easter eggs for other children, many of those children, because of where we live, are in her world. I'm like, we, it's about looking after our friends because God loves them as much as he loves you. So let them watch. Okay. I need to go faster. Deuteronomy 6. 14 to 15, and then 17 to 18. For some reason, 16 didn't stand out to me, but I'm sure it's a good verse. You must not worship any of the gods of neighboring nations, for the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you, and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. You must diligently obey the commands of the Lord your God, all the laws and decrees he has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so all will go well with you. Then you will enter and occupy the good land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors. So this, and I caveat this with, this is obviously Old Testament. This is way back at the start of the Old Testament. This is before Jesus, before the cross, before resurrection, before that veil being torn in two and we having direct access and relationship. So it's very much about rules, regulations, the law. But I have no problem talking about that because Jesus fulfilled it and he referenced it himself. But I just wanted to caveat what I'm saying because it was all about instruction and dotting I's and crossing T's. And what we get to be mindful of and what we get to, how we get to reframe that is, yes, we do for Jesus, but we also love Jesus first. And this, this is my next point, love Jesus above doing for Jesus. And yes, this is not an excuse to not serve in church. This is not an excuse to back off from our volunteering because this is absolutely important and I, I it's really important and vital to model volunteering and serving in the house of God to the next generation this is so important but it should always be from a heart that loves Jesus Ben and I are very active in church life um, that's what we, we are called to and what we believe to and we absolutely love serving in the house of God but we are very mindful and we are very, and we talk about it very openly in front of Abigail, our daughter, that we love Jesus, therefore we serve in his church. Because I don't ever want my child to grow up resenting the house of God because her mummy and daddy were too busy doing in the house of God. Does that make sense? So as much as we serve as a family, as much as we volunteer, as much as we give of our time, it's always because, and we have to make sure that we are shouting all the louder, it's because God loves me and I love God. So, love Jesus above doing for him. Joshua 24, 15, again, if you, are, if you will be familiar with this scripture, if you've been in church for a little while, it says... Um, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We say this is what we do, but this is why. Please, please, if you take nothing else away, always give a child a why. 
The next one is a no-brainer. Fight for them in prayer. The enemy would have them compromise what they believe, put division in homes and between generations and cut us off from each other. But not on our watch. I'm not going to dwell on this one because this is a no-brainer. But mothers, like that lion, like the lioness you watch on every David Attenborough, she is a fierce one. Not on our watch will our children grow up compromising their faith. I will say no more because I'll just start getting... I'll go off on a tangent. Not on our watch. Nearly done. Deuteronomy 6, 20 to 21 says, In the future, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations the Lord your God has commanded us to obey? Then you must tell them, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand. Expect and invite questions. I'm going to skip over because we haven't got time. But Mark 10 is the story where Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not stop them. Expect and invite questions. Kids ask the best questions like, does Jesus live in everyone's tummy? I also got asked the other day walking to school, why is my tongue wet? I don't know. I don't know. How do you explain saliva glands to a four-year-old? I just never got Scooby-Doo. Um, the sky is blue. Why? Like, I just, everything's why. Anyone else going through a why stage in their life? Wow. But what's really important is, if you don't know, say, I don't know. But shall we find out together? And then what I also encourage is check their understanding. Again, because you might have got into some a little child's mind that Jesus lives in everyone's tummy and there's a whole lot of undoing that we have to do. But please expect and invite questions. The next one, create boundaries and protect them. And again, this is about us as grown-ups, parents, carers, mothers, taking a stake, putting a stake in the ground and saying, not on my watch. Protect your own personal boundaries and model them. Protect the boundaries in your home. This sounds really like strict and fierce, but let's take this seriously. Look at the, you only have to look at the world around us and realize what's going on. We have a responsibility to create a safe space for our children to grow up, knowing that they are loved, knowing that they can follow Jesus with their whole heart, be that, have that wholehearted commitment that this chapter talks about, and still function have friends flourish and thrive in this world. Create boundaries and stick to them. That's not to be legalistic, but it is about being wise and about being safe. Proverbs 29, 15 and 17. Again, I missed out verse 16. I don't know what's going on today. But it says, To discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. Please don't quote that to me if you see my child having some big feelings in public. Thanks very much. Discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and make your heart glad. So put in good boundaries, explain why, and you will have peace of mind and, you will, and that will make your heart glad. Proverbs 3.12 says, For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father or mother or grown-up corrects whom he delights. It's okay to put in boundaries. It's okay to say, this is not okay right now, but this is why. We love you, you are safe, but we're not doing that today. I feel like I've gone into teacher mode. Okay, we're nearly done. 
Let's move on. Deuteronomy 6. This is the last chunk of Deuteronomy 6. 24 to 25. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For he will be, we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord has given us. And what I take from that is the, the word continue, which is my penultimate point. Show up, be present, and be consistent, which is easier said than done. But consistency is so vital. Consistency is so powerful in a child because it builds routine and it builds learned behavior that says, I am safe, I am loved, it's okay. If I have questions, this is where I go. This is what I do. It's okay. Consistency. Be consistent. And finally, and this is my last point, it takes a village. And if you are a mother, you will have heard this phrase many, many times over. The responsibility of raising up even one precious one of the next generation is a lot. It's a lot. Being a parent, being a carer, having responsibility for a little person is a lot. It's a lot. And I used to think, for my, and I'm ashamed to admit it, but I used to think before I had Abigail that I would be fine. I'm quite a self-sufficient young lady. I was young at the time. Who chuckled? <laughs> I was, I felt like I, you know, I'd be fine. I'll be fine. And then I was not fine. And then people knocked on my door with meals and they came round so that I could go and have a break. And I'm like, I am here for this. So now, like, I just expect food if you come around my house. <laughs> just saying. But everything that we've explored today, all of the points, all of, those, all of the things that we've talked about, the takeaways, in and of themselves are simple. In and of themselves make perfect sense. But outworking them on my own with the responsibility and the awareness that there are little people watching me and learning from me, that is a lot. So here's the call to every single one of us in this room, listening online. If you have children in your life, and by the way, if you're in this room, you do because there are kids running around this place and they are watching us all. You are a village. I am the village. I might not have direct parental responsibility for any other child apart from my own, but listen to me when I say I am committed to going through all of this and learning so that every single child that sees me sees someone who is working it out, who is owning it when I get wrong and through all of it is clinging on to her Lord and her Saviour. And I hope and pray that every single one of you will go on a journey to make that same commitment because we all need each other. If I'm having a hard time, I need someone else to not have a hard time. If, if you're having a hard time, I want you to know that I'll be trying not to have a hard time at the same time so that between all of us, there is some consistency for our kids to watch. And I pray that every single one of us can make that commitment and that resolve in our family units, in our households, in our streets, in our friendship groups, in our schools, in the year groups that are below us, with our siblings. We would make the commitment to be part of the village that says, you can love God with your whole heart. 
and you can thrive in this world and you can make a stand about when it's not okay and not allow your faith to be compromised and you will be okay. That's what they need to hear. And that's what we need to get to ourselves so that we can say it all the louder for them. One final bluey meme and then I'm going to pray. Motherhood is amazing. Then it's really hard. And then it's incredible. And then it is everything in between. That's why we need the village. So I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing a song that says, even though I rise and fall, and even though I have difficulties, and even though I'm inconsistent in my behavior, God remains the same. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that even though we might not be mothers ourselves today, even if our experience of mothers is a difficult one, it's difficult because we grieve something that we hold in high esteem. We honor mothers today. But God, as, as grown-ups in a world, as, children, as youth and young adults who have got youth and kids looking up to us, following us around, Father, I pray that you would take us all on a journey to understand that there is a responsibility to go through things, to learn things, to heal, to develop, to disciple ourselves, to go first, to craft a safe space for our children, the next generation, to grow up feeling safe, loved, and known by you. God, would you help us all to identify those areas in our lives where we can perhaps learn, grow, heal, and develop. Search us, O oh God, and know our hearts. But Father, I champion the mothers in this place. I champion the grown-ups. I thank you for us all, Lord God, and I pray that you would build us together as a unit as a village, Lord God, would this be a place where families know they can confidently bring their children in because it is a safe space, that we would have the privilege of watching a next generation rising up, knowing fully who they are in you, feeling confident to articulate their faith in a world of gray lines, gray areas and blurry lines, God. Would you help us go first? Help us be vulnerable. Help us to learn. Help us to articulate why to our children. But thank you for them, God. Thank you for the gift that they are, the blessing that they are. And thank you for every single person in this room, listening and watching online. Lord and Holy Spirit, would you strengthen us and fill in the gaps where we fall, where we fall down? Help us. Thank you, God, that you do not change. In all of this, Lord God, in all of our learning, growing, developing, being vulnerable, making mistakes, thank you, God, that you remain the same, that you are our rock. And would you be the rock of our children as well? In Jesus' name, amen.